Trading Nut Episode 6. Traders, they will often spend years and years without making any significant or any progress at all, and they never really take the time out to understand what is going wrong. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders, welcome to another installment of the Trading Nut Podcast. I'm your host Cam Hawkins and today we've got Rolf Schultman on the show. Now Rolf is the second in the pairing at Trade Society. So we've had his uh, business partner on, Maritz, episode 124. So if you want to check that out, that was of the actual 52 Traders Podcast. So we've got Rolf on here and he drops a whole lot of value in this show. So much so, in fact, that we've got about 20 quotes that have been pulled out of the interview. They're up there on tradingnut.com. Search for Rolf and you'll see those quotes and they're all time-stamped. So if you want to go back into the interview and actually grab uh, that quote and get a bit more context around what Rolf's talking about, then all you need to do is jump on the site, get the quote, have a look at the timestamp, jump back into the interview and fast forward to that point in time and you can listen to what he's talking about specifically. Now, the reason I sort of have gone on about these quotes is the fact that one of the quotes that he did mention in the show he and actually I don't think we actually <laughs> included this in the show notes but one of the one of the things he mentioned was something that I took on board myself as a really good tip because it's something I'd noticed I wasn't doing recently which was entering my trades at the end of a candle closing now Rolf goes into a little bit more detail on it in the show um, but this was something that I I just wasn't ready to accept into my trading, um, accept into my mind, and then take it on board and filter it out and, and actually see if it fits with my plan. And in actual fact, it did fit with my plan quite nicely. So um, so I included it, in, included it in the past couple of weeks. And what I've found is my trading has just gone completely exponential since I started doing it. So I've been getting so much better entries um, and I feel so much more confident about the entries. I'm able to hold my stops um, without, you know, having any of the psychological things sneak in. So, guys, I, I suppose the point of the matter here, I'm not saying only into trades at candle close. What I'm saying is listen to these interviews and take out what resonates with you as some good advice. Try it out, test it out, see if it works, um, see if it's something you can add to your trading plan. If it is, great. If it isn't, then move on to the next thing. But sometimes you need to be ready to accept some of this information into your um, into your life, into your into your trading. And so you're not going to you, you might not get it now, but maybe in the future, if you come back and listen to some of these interviews in the future, that's when you'll pick them up. Okay, so that's my little bit of advice today. What I found something that helped me may help you in the future as well. Now, before we get into the show, so we've closed off the gold membership to uh, to new people coming on board this week, but 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 because the new thing that's going to replace it is a little bit a little far away, a little further away than I thought. Um, and the gold membership is the best ever deal. I'm going to open the doors to 10 more people okay so if you can jump if you missed out and you're just hearing this now you haven't been listening to the podcast you missed the big transition from 52 traders to trading nut then there's 10 more spots all you need to do is jump onto tradingnut.com you'll find the links to join up to the gold membership it's one dollar to get in the door 10 more spots 10 more guys can come on board you get access to monthly trading robots you get access to the back catalog of the 52 traders podcast and a whole lot more. Check it out, guys, if you have missed out. If, if you're in there already, I hope you're enjoying it so far. You don't just get the trading robot, but you get settings for the robots. You get to look at back tests. You get to look at uh, live tests going on. You get to look at um, demo account tests going on. You actually learn the strategy and how that works and sits behind the actual trading robot as well. So it's a whole lot of stuff in there, guys. Now, um, so if you want one of those 10 spots, you know where to go, tradingnut.com. But before you go there, take a listen to the show and interview with Rolf. 
All right, folks, so we've got Rolf on the show from Trade Society. How's it going there, Rolf, over in uh, Germany, is it, today? Yeah, it's beautiful, sunny uh, day here in Germany, still in the morning. Uh, thank you for having me. Really excited to do this, yeah. Well, look, it's a pleasure getting on on the show. I know I've had your business partner on before, Maritz. Um, fantastic interview. Now, you guys have partnered up over there at Trade Society. And actually, now I think back, it was a guy that I was interviewing as part of uh, this thing I called Trading Mentors Match Off who got me onto you guys, Trade Society. So that's where I reached out to Maritz. And I think we had a few email exchanges way back there in the day. And um, I'm glad to get it, finally get you on the show after hearing on Twitter that you've got your own podcast starting up Actual fact, what I think you said you started it a couple of days ago, and do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, I really liked um, putting out content and articles and videos, and I did like a few hundred articles and videos on my blog. And yeah, there are certain things that really don't justify writing a long article, so I decided to start a podcast, and these days it's quite convenient to do that. And I just talk about, yeah, the first two episodes I just talk about my background story, how I got into trading, how I met Moritz, and now I'm discussing general topics for my daily trading life or other things that, um, yeah, just come to mind. Cool. Brilliant. And what's the podcast called? Uh, it's called Traders Improved, and it's on all the major platforms, I think. Okay, cool. All right, guys, we'll go and check that out after this, after you listen to him here. Um, right, so let's start off by getting some of that story that you've probably just mentioned in, in, in your first couple of episodes of your podcast, but... I want to dive deep on uh, on how you got started and um, where you are today. How'd you get to where you are today? Yeah, sure. Um, so I it started very early for me. I was um, I'm from Frankfurt originally, which is um, and I'm now in Frankfurt back again, uh, which is the banking capital in in Germany. And by the time around the year two thousand, everybody was into stocks in Germany as well, and I was around fourteen by that time. And I had a lot of um, yeah, a lot of contact points with the stock market. My my family was heavily into stocks, like so so many families probably. And I remember that um, I was fascinated by the idea that you can make money sitting at home, owning a piece of McDonald's or Nike or any of the big um, companies uh, I know from my daily life. So that was really fascinating to me, um, especially since I was, a, uh, by that time, I was delivering newspapers by foot and in the autumn it was a very, yeah, very miserable job. And so I really liked the idea of doing nothing, sitting at home. And yeah, I had even my first little stock portfolio where I chose a few, yeah, without any real knowledge, a few uh, big names that I knew. And then I was always after school coming home. And back then there was no real, um, no real internet. So you could follow the stock ticker prices um, on TV. So every day after home, I was running home, turn on the TV and turn to the Taylor text. Um, and then you can get the, uh, the, I remember I was watching the Dow Jones and the, the DAX um, numbers go up and down for hours and hours. And yeah, that was how I got the first introduction to, um, to stocks and to um, investing. Uh, I did not pursue it too much back then, but then in, when it came to, uh, university, I chose, um, yeah, I studied finance, international finance, statistic and corporate finance, um, and everything was heavily based on the stock market. My bachelor and my master's was both um, about stock and futures topics, and um, I started getting into Forex specifically um, after I quit or after I, <laughs> after I finished high school, um, before I went into university. Um, yeah, and ever since then, I've been trading Forex while being in university. And then um, after I graduated, I got a corporate job. But yeah, that was not really what I wanted to do. I always had to, uh, since I was very um, young, I always had the idea that I wanted to work for myself. I had internet websites since I was, um, I think it was 16. I was making good money as well, even as a 16-year-old. And that was also uh, one of the, the biggest insights and biggest like aha moments where I said, wow, I can do, and even I'm only 16, I can make money myself without having to listen to a boss or going to an office. That was really fascinating. So I was always fascinated by the idea of making money myself. And yeah, I did not really enjoy the corporate world. Um, I had a very good job and then, yeah, but I still wasn't for me. I didn't like the idea. Somebody was telling me when to come 
uh, that I had to ask for holidays or yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. That we're, that we're all familiar with. And I do remember Moritz uh, mentioning, and I'm pretty sure it was his interview, where he was sneaking into his room, uh, into meeting rooms or booking out meeting rooms for an hour when he was working for some massive car company or Nissan or someone like that. And um, while he was doing his project manager, management role, you'll be able to confirm if he was doing that. And he was doing his trading journal in the meeting rooms um, in between yeah. uh, whatever he was, else he was supposed to be doing. Um, clever. That's it. That's, that's an interesting hack to get eight hours back in your life a week and give that back to trading. Um, I'm sure there are other ways of doing it depending on your job. Now, a um, couple of questions. So back when you were doing the stock trading, I mean, did you? Can you remember if you had any type of strategy that you were doing, or was it just no? No, I was just going by the the names I knew from my daily life. Um, yeah, I was only going for the McDonald's and the Nike and the Adidas and Mercedes. Yeah, only those. And and you trade the currencies now. I mean, what attracted you to? So why did you make that shift from stocks to forex? Um, I, to be honest, I just googled um, back then after univer- after high school. I just googled um, how to make money online uh, because I was already having websites, and then I stumbled across um, trading, and I got really interested because I already knew a little bit about stocks. So I ventured into <clears throat> trading, and then I came about. Um, Forex, and I really like the idea of that you can trade currencies. Um, obviously, you don't have to have a big account in the beginning, which is also very appealing. Uh, the market is always open, at least um, yeah, five days a week. And those are all the things that I really liked. Um, and, yeah, and then I got into Forex more and more. And yeah, even besides, or when I was in university, I bought a, um, a laptop very early on, so I could at least bring my laptop back uh, with me to the classes and I was following very obsessively um, my charts during lectures, and yeah, that's um, and that's also what I think is the yeah. I'm really glad now that I went to university because it gave me the extra five years without having a real day job that I could focus on my trading. Yeah, so I think there's common themes here with trade society guys and uh, and skiving off from what they should be doing to try and get some trading in. <laughs> Uh, whether or not it's university or, or, or a job, it's good 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 tips here though. Um, so so um, and what was that internet business that you were running like when you were sixteen and making a bit of money there? Um, back then it was um, just you know there were it was very popular to have um, web, websites where you collect um, and you publish funny videos, funny articles, funny pictures, and then you would just use pop up. Um, advertisement or back then it was layer advertisement which was just sliding in and you could really make a lot of money with those ads because back then people really liked to click on ads there was um, I'm now in my mid early 30s so there was yeah it was like 15 16 years ago so everybody was really fascinated by ads and now everyone knows exactly what they are and how they work um, <laughs> okay so so that gives us a quick potted history of uh, how you got to where you are today so so you started trade society and I suppose the rest is history from there um, should we dive into your trading at the moment I mean do you want to give the listeners some insight into your trading what's your trading style yeah sure so um initially I called myself a reversal trader but that really doesn't um, people really don't like to hear that. So um, you can call it early trend following trading because um, in the end, most trends start with a reversal. So what I do is I look for those turning points where the market goes from one direction into the other. Um, and then yeah, I really specialized in trading different patterns around those um, new um, emerging trends. Those are usually breakout patterns. Um, I have this one core strategy, which I, yeah, which is the early trend following. And then within that, I have different um, setups where I trade different patterns. I use different tools based on the different market situations. I would also, or I am trading more of the, not the short-term timeframes, but I trade anything higher than the one hour. So I really like the, especially recently, the two hours, very appealing, um, lots of trades. Four hours, great. Um, the 12 hour is a nice um, yeah, alternative to the daily chart where because the daily chart is a little bit too slow at times. So that's what I, yeah, roughly what I do. And so how, how uh, long would your trades last for? It depends. Um, the two-hour trades, they can be done within the day. Um, the daily or the 12-hour trades, um, they can last for two to three weeks. 
but uh, yeah, the majority of my trades is, I would say, two um, or four hour timeframes, and then they last maximum a week. And what's your winning percentage slash risk to reward ratio or reward to risk ratio? Yes, yeah, so the different, uh, I have patterns which are a little bit more on the risk riskier side where I go for higher reward to risk ratio and I accept a lower win rate. Those can be a uh, win rate as low as at the uh, 40s, um, but the, win rate, uh, the reward to risk ratio then goes up to four or five sometimes. Generally, the other, the more conservative um, uh, setups, they are roughly around 50 to 55% win rate. And then the reward risk ratio is between two and three. Cool, it's pretty high actually. Two and three, or four and five, with uh, with those sort of win rates. Now, um, I, I suppose how did you how did you stumble across this? Uh, well, maybe not stumble across it, but how did you get to the point where you you found this core strategy that you then sort of were able to craft some sort of smaller entry entry signals from it? Yeah, so I started with um, conventional. Trend following, like probably so many do when they hear the trend is your friend and all that stuff. But I always found myself that I was chasing price, that I was always on the late. Um, yeah, I was always a little bit late and I was missing a lot of, um, yeah, all the big parts from the move. I was just getting a little bit in, the, in between or yeah, if I was unlucky, I was just getting the end of the existing trend. And um I remember that I stumbled across an article where they talked about divergence trading. Uh, I really liked the idea of divergences because uh, you could get into a, a new trend much, much earlier. And then uh, that's where I started, just by using divergences. And then um, I built other things around that. I noticed that um, divergences often can happen with patterns such as a head and shoulders, or you often see wedges as well. Um, and then once once I um, just focused on this one pattern and this one trading style, I noticed uh, so many little nuances about how the market would turn at certain points. Um, these days I also trade um, traps, which also happen often around turning points where the market spikes um, into a previous high. Um, people will call this my broker is hunting my stop, but um, yeah. now I can see that <laughs> it is just that the people um, at the top are very impatient and they get into early and then the prices are driven through the the stops and then the market reverses afterwards. And you will, um, that's the beauty, I think, when people start really narrowing down their, their focus and they're really only focused on one very specific area of trading uh, because they will pick up so many nuances. And these days I add new types of setups or variations to my trading every six, six to nine months roughly. And I'm always working on new, new ideas to new uh, for new patterns because you will pick up so many uh, things, and you will see that the market is always changing a little bit. And yeah, you can adapt much easier if you only focus on one thing uh, instead of being spread across so many uh, things. And and so the ones that you sort of came up with initially, the the entry setups. Um, and strategies, do, have, do they still exist? I mean, that, do you churn them out when they start to get less effective or are they are they just sort of fundamentals behind price action that they're always going to be there? Yeah, I don't think that, um, well, there are obviously strategies which, especially when it comes to more or very fixed and static rule-based um, strategies that they can um, stop working. But the way I trade is very adaptive. You will also rarely see that I trade the same time frame um, twice or within a week. And every week, and I, um, because I follow all Forex pairs, or well, around 50 Forex pairs, um, but I only get between three and seven trades a week because I always filter out the ones that don't match my criteria. I look for very specific things um, when it comes to trend structure, momentum, how much volatility do I want to have or how much volatility do I accept. What technicals do I want to see? How is the market responding to previous highs and lows? How are structures um, respected or not? And then I would sort out the, the forex pairs that don't match the criteria. And my strategy also, it's not, yeah, there are rules, um, very specific rules, but the rules are very flexible. Um, so they always adapt uh, with the markets. Um, when the market moves faster, I will go for higher, for wider um, targets, but the stop loss will also be adjusted and so, yeah, 
that's why I think uh, the real power comes in once you understand how to adapt to the changing markets. And so 50 peers is a lot. I mean, that's, that's almost like on some brokers, it's probably the whole the whole set of peers. I mean, do you, do you have any issues with, um, or do you consider spread as something you might like get you avoiding a peer? I'm thinking oh, like, yeah, sorry, uh, you, you, uh, was it the um, yeah, US dollar Poland? I mean, that spread's just stupid. Yeah, yeah, especially, um, so those pairs, the, the very exotic ones, you don't want to trade them anything below the, the eight-hour time frame, probably. That really doesn't make any sense. Um, so when the spread goes up or on the exotic pairs, I will only trade them on the higher time frames. And then even then, you have to see if that makes sense. Uh, you have to see how much, uh, how big of a move do I expect, and does it then justify the trade entry? Also, you will often see that, okay, there's a setup on the US dollar um, Russian ruble, for example, which I traded. Um, they are usually always set up on other um, US dollar related pairs. So you're able to split the risk. Uh, you don't have to go your full position on the US dollar ruble, uh, but you are, yeah, you can always manage your risk a little bit with correlations in Forex. Yeah, for sure. Now, so 50 pairs, there's still a lot to go through. I mean, what, what's your typical trading day look like? Um, I, um, my trading week starts Saturday. So every Saturday morning, um, it's my ritual, uh, that I wake up before everybody else. Um, I get a good cup of coffee and then I sit down. I have all my pairs written on, um, on a PDF, which I print out. And, um, on the, in the columns, I have the different, um, timeframes. And then I will go through each pair one by one, uh, timeframe by timeframe and the first step is that I will just mark um, which pair seems interesting and which pair is um, gets sorted out immediately based on technicals or general market structures. And then on the next step, I will go through the ones that are interesting, and then I will map out trading plans, put my price alerts, adjust my technicals. And um, yeah, then the next step is that I just wait for my price alerts to get triggered. Um, if I have a lot of two-hour um, setups, then I might redo the watch list on Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, but if the, um, the setups are more on the four-hour, eight-hour, or twelve-hour, then I might just redo one watch list on um, on Wednesdays in the middle of the week uh, because there are only so many candles in a twelve-hour chart. So yeah, that's it's uh, it's a lot of work on Saturdays, um, but then during the week it's more waiting and just waiting for the price alerts to go off. So you'll set like sort of uh, some sort of signal indicator to go off when price hits a. Specific level is that how it works? Yeah, I use some um, trading view for my uh, charting, and yeah, in the pro plan they have um, unlimited price alerts, and you just yeah, when I was look when I'm looking at a market reversal or potential market reversal, I would put a price alert at a level where yeah, I need to see a break um, through the level to get interested in taking a trade, and then if the price alert goes off, I will go back to the to the chart analyze if um, if it looks good, how's the momentum, how's the breakout, what is the overall structure, what are the other related or correlated Forex pairs doing, and then I will make a decision um, if I want to get into the trade. And so how long how long would you typically, after getting an alert, sit there and wait for that? Um, would you actually sit there and wait, or would you literally just go through the process you've just described and then make a decision, do I enter or not? And if, if not, then would you go, oh, I'm going to come back in an hour, see where price has gone, or, or how does that work? Yeah, so one of my most important rules is that um, I only take trades on the candle close. So I might go to the chart, and um, when the price alert goes off, and see what is happening here, how does it look like, and then I will come back to the, to the chart on the close of the candle to make my actual trading decision or not. Um, the candle close rule... Is has helped me a lot to um, back then uh, when I was starting trading I established it because I could just reduce my screen time when I was working in a job uh, but nowadays I see that it adds a lot of consistency you avoid the mid candle um, decisions especially on breakout trading and those reversals uh, mid candle or the, the candle can look very very strong the breakout can look very very strong while the candle is forming but then often you have those traps and spikes and those are very, um, yeah, those are very dangerous as reversal traders. So adding the candle close rule is helping to stay away a little bit from that and also make more consistent decisions. 
and sorry to get into the real detail here, but I mean, how do you know? So once you get that alert, say it's on a four-hour candle, and you've got another, you know, three hours and forty-five minutes to go, um, or maybe yeah, maybe three hours and forty-five minutes to go. What do you do? Do you set a an alarm on your phone, or do you um, set another trigger, another alert on trade, um, trading view? Yeah, we'll just um, set another trigger. Um, and then come back to the to the chart. I might do something else, completely else, or most of the time I'm sitting in front of my screens anyway, not doing, not looking at charts, but doing something else. Okay, cool. So, so out of scale of one to ten, I mean, how stressful is is your approach to trading? Um, I think it's very stress free. Um, if you're willing to do the work on the weekends, um, that's where really the yeah, where the yeah where you can shine or where it, the difference comes between the trader who has then a stress-free week or who is then during the week um, always chasing and hopping from time frame to time frame. But if you have done your work um, on the weekend, and I guess it's different for day traders, obviously you cannot plan so much ahead. But for swing traders or any midterm swing traders, um, if you do your work on the weekend, if you know how to organize yourself, use price alerts. They are really a big game changer um, to organize yourself and to reduce screen time then it can become quite stress-free. Yeah. And can you remember a time when you're at more like a, an 8 or a 9 out of 10 from trading stress? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it was, yeah, the biggest change for me was um, after university, I was working for two years in the corporate job. And then um, I was trading on the sides. And then one day I said, okay, I have enough. So uh, I sold all my possessions um, yeah, I quit my job and then I bought a one-way ticket to Asia to say, okay, now is the time I want to pursue this trading uh, dream that I have. And yeah, I, I put it all out there, told everyone in my family, uh, if you want to shock your mom, that's what you do after five years studying in university, getting a good job. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then in Asia, um, then I was just by myself uh, on my own without any additional income and yeah then i had to make it work and those were the times where it was really yeah a lot of sleepless nights yeah and so so what so how hard was it when you put that pressure on yourself to to craft out a, a living i mean did you have months where you just you know you were actually seriously down yeah uh, in the beginning it was a very very big change um one thing that i did uh, that helped me was that i picked uh, i picked um asia um, yeah, very specifically because you can reduce the living costs there significantly. You can also free up a lot of time. The service is very cheap there, um, so don't have to spend um, time on doing things like um, cleaning your apartment, laundry, grocery shopping, cooking food. That's all taken care of, and those are hours every day that you can put back into um, yourself, your trading, and that really helped me a lot. Uh, yeah, and um, there were of course times when I was down and when I was doubting myself but I always had those people in mind when I was quitting my job the people came to me oh that's the biggest mistake you can ever do you have such a safe job and now what you're doing you have never even been to Asia and yeah that was uh, uh, constant motivation yeah and did, did, have you ever gone back to find out what those people are doing yeah yeah nowadays um, a lot of those people they slowly message me and say hey um, how about that trading um, <laughs> can you tell me a little bit more about it yeah, the life of a yeah. trader, eh? Um, so uh, we're going to dive it slightly here. So what's your view on cryptocurrency trading and do you trade them? Um, yeah, I try to trade them. Um, they have very nice technicals, uh, actually. But um, they are very correlated. So um, I don't find it adds a lot of, yeah, you don't get a lot of trades out of them every now and then, especially in the higher, higher time frames. But I prefer... Yeah, to stay on what works well, which is for me eighty percent forex and twenty percent commodities. Uh, I would say. And what about ICOs? Have you ever dabbled in that? Have you got any favorites? Are they are they no, done no. and dusted now because of the? Um, well, I mean, just the the public interest has has waned. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not a very. Um, I have some initial investments in crypto from way back, but I just keep uh, holding them, and yeah, I just. I don't not to worry about it and yeah I'm staying actively away from from all of that cool okay so so in the beginning I mean you've given us a bit of a well, quite a good background actually but I mean 
what do you think made you different from every other sort of mum or dad trader out there trying to trying to make it happen? Uh, what do you what what do you think the trait what traits did you have, and what other actions did you take that you haven't really mentioned on the show already? So, I mean, I can tell from what you've said, you know, you had a had an upbringing where stocks was a focus, which was good. Um, you you had you're young, you had this time on your hands, you didn't have a lot of responsibility. Um, but there must be some stuff in there that made you different from everyone else and or um, some actions that you took that helped get you to the point where you are now. Yeah, um, so back then I did not realize it, but looking back now and after I've interacted with so many people and traders, I can really see that um, the level of discipline um, that I can often bring and self-discipline and also um, yeah, just doing the things that even though I don't like doing, I just do them, whatever it is, uh, journaling or reviewing trades or putting in all always those hours. And this is really uh, what helped me, I think, over the long term. Um, I will never, for the past four or five years, I have never missed a, a Saturday session, uh, a watch list session, even when I was getting married um, on I was putting in the watch list time <laughs> and um, those are the things that, uh, that they are just non-negotiables for me um, in trading, but also in um, when it comes to sports or other things that I do, um, just certain character traits that I, I noticed that are different. Um, I will never be late. I will always be on time. I will never skip an appointment. And those are the things that I think when you can cultivate them in your daily life, then you can always also apply them in your trading. And those are really the ones that help you. Um, I also have a very long-term approach. So I was never worried about um, finding an indicator or system that would just uh, make me a million dollar in the next few weeks. I always understood that, okay, um, what is my long-term goal? I don't want to work in an office. And um, I will, yeah, even if it takes five or six years, it is still going to be worth it. So I was never worried about short-term results. I was always obsessed and I was working very obsessively um, day and night, um, never making any excuses. And yeah, I was just always betting on myself. Um, when I quit my job as well, there was a huge gamble on myself. And yeah, uh, that's, those are the things I really think that stand out and then that people should look into cultivating in themselves. So, um, I mean, what would be quite interesting if if you could tell us like, I suppose retail traders that are struggling, they you know they're in that place. They're not thinking long term. They're not um, uh, they're not diligent enough. They've got a whole bunch of other stuff going on in their life, and, and trading's not their number one priority. I mean, what steps would you recommend they take to start getting better at that, and then you know becoming a an income generating trader? Uh, yeah. So first of all, I would say don't worry about income generating. Um, the first step is probably that you need to add consistency um, into your approach. Most people always, um, when I talk to them, they want consistent trading results and they look for different strategies every week or every month because they never have any consistent results. But um, they never have any consistency in their approach. And I think this is very dangerous because if you're always changing your indicators, your tools, the way you pick trades, the way you manage your trades, how you choose entries and exits, how you size your positions, then you can look back at your your trading history and your performance records and you cannot analyze them. You cannot look uh, or you cannot analyze them in a meaningful way because every trade is based on different set of principles and parameters and you cannot really sift through them and find out, okay, I always do this, um, what is costing me money and, oh, I do those things that work quite well. Uh, but if you're always doing something different every trade, then, yeah, you just cannot find out those um, commonalities that you need to um, yeah, find out and then work on them. And this is, I think, a very, very big one also, which comes right uh, in the same context, I would say, is that um, traders should focus more on non-trading activities. Um, I know it's exciting to try new uh, strategies to buy and sell and hope that you get um, some money out of the market, but... Traders, they don't put time into their yeah, everything that is around trading. They don't plan their trades. 
They don't really ask themselves, what are the market conditions that I want for my trading? What are the timeframes that suit myself? Or what are the timeframes that are applicable this week based on the market variables? They don't journal their trades. Um, they don't review trades. And those are the things that can make a huge difference um, once you understand that or once you understand what type of trader you are because I see it um, yeah, time and again that traders, they will often spend years and years without making any significant or any progress at all and they never really take the time out to understand what is going wrong. They always just move from indicator to indicator and that is really, yeah, you need to ask yourself, what is my objective here? Do I... Will I keep doing this? Then, yeah, what, where is this going to lead you? And you need to be honest with yourself. This is just going to be a huge waste of your time and your money. But on the other hand, um, yeah, why not just put in one or two years of focused work and then see where this brings you? And, yeah, this is, I know it is uh, not a good selling point, <laughs> but you just have to do the, the work that is uh, necessary and that you need to do that, Um yeah, we see it, I, or you can see it everywhere in today's society. Everybody's looking for the quick fix diet, the 30-minute ab workout, and all those shortcuts. Um, and then they use the same mindset to trading, but that's not how it works. And if you bring a 9-to-5 a um, mindset to, uh, to trading, which is more geared towards entrepreneurial thinking, um, then this is just setting you up for a disaster. And so... so um... One of the things, and I think one, like, there's so many reasons that you know people do what they do, and I think one of the things around the whole strategy switching uh, issue is the fact that they try a strategy and it doesn't work. I mean, how do you how do you sort of help people through that thought process of, well, I've tried it, it didn't work, and so therefore I'm going to try something else, or if it's never going to work, when do you sort of know that? I've need to shift on to something else. How do you how do you sort of get around that one? Yeah. So first of all, you need to ask yourself why didn't it work. It's the same when people come to me and say, "Oh, I'm stuck in a losing streak. My system sucks." Um, and then I, when I dig deep with them and then I ask them, "Yeah, so you ever looked at your your losing trades?" And you need to ask yourself first um, for every trade um, or for every losing trade, what is the reason that caused the loss? And you have two options. One is that you are the one who broke the rules uh, and you just did not follow the plan. Then this is not a losing streak. That's just what you deserve. Um, on the other hand, if you find out that, okay, the losses were, yeah, I executed the trades correctly. Everything was according to the plan. And then you need to dig deeper. What, why did the, the losses happen? Did something change in the markets? Um, how could I avoid it, the losses? And then you need to find... Um, overlap between your losing trades. You cannot just look at the losing trade and say, oh, I should have used the, the 20 MA instead of a 10 MA, and then you do that in the next trade. Um, you need to really find the common themes and what is causing the losses. And then over time, you will be able to make slight adjustments. You will see, okay, uh, when the market is doing this, I should adapt with my strategy this way, or instead of using um, a stochastic indicator or a fast stochastic, I use a low or I, use, um, I look for a different time frame maybe when the market is congesting, congesting I'll go for, it, um, for a lower time frame where the price action is a little bit more trendy. And this is, um, I think, how you, how you can understand not only losing streaks better, but also when a system work, works and doesn't. I think when traders say my system doesn't work, it's always, or it's 99%, it's the case that they are just not following the system. They, yeah. Okay, right. So that's that's the key thing is go and review what you've done and does it follow the system. So from a um fundamental point of view, I mean, how do you how do you uh integrate news events into what you currently do with your trading? Yeah, so I am a purely technical based trader, um but obviously you can avoid the news. Um I don't trade based on news, but I have certain principles how I um Navigate around news, I would say. On the higher time frames, um, especially when it's the daily, the 12-hour or the 8-hour, then the news events don't have such a big impact except for things like um, the NFP, but also not in recent months, um, interest rate announcement from time to time or just like the black swans where suddenly some Brexit talk comes out. But those are the things, yeah, you, if it's planned, if it's on the schedule, um, 
then on the lower time frames, I will either skip the trade, uh, I will go out of my position uh, if I'm in a trade, or I will adjust my stop loss. On the higher time frames, I usually don't care too much about news events. Um, or yeah, one thing also is that you always have to ask yourself how much do I have to gain or how much do I have to lose. If your trade is almost at the take profit area, but there's just so just a little bit more to gain extra, um, do you really risk? holding it into the news event or you just take what is offered or if the price is still very close to your to your entry you're on the lower time frames do you risk holding it into the news event or you will just close it out and wait for the next opportunity um, and I think I like to work with um, decision trees um, one thing that I got from university where I map out all potential scenarios and then I have a set of rules for that. So for example, I'm on the lower time frames, there's a high impact news, the price is very close to my exit, what do I do then? Um, take the profit. And that's how I um, organize all my uh, decision making when it comes to things like news trading or risk management, taking correlated trades, and those are the things that you can really almost automate. Cool. So you, you did mention some indicators before. I mean, what if you had to recommend a novice or intermediate trader, educate themselves on three things on a price chart. I mean, what would you say go ahead and learn over the next month? Um, I would really... Um, traders always say that indicators are not working. They're lagging or they're yeah, whatever. And when I then ask the trader, have you ever taken the time to really look at the formula of the indicator? Um, I've yet to meet an, a trader who says, yes, um, nobody really understands what their indicator is doing. And I think this is, um, they're missing so such a big opportunity. Um, uh, when I was starting out, I was dissecting all indicators. Um, I was looking at their formulas, and you can learn so much about um, not only indicators, but also about how to analyze different price points. So, for example, I started with the divergence, um, with the RSI. And I was asking myself, well, um, what is actually the RSI showing? What is what is the what is the divergence showing? What are the data points that the indicators analyzed? And what has to happen really to get a divergence? And then you start to understand, okay, the RSI is analyzing price um, in such and such way, and the divergence happens when those conditions are met. And nowadays, um, or if you have some experience, you don't need to put an indicator on your chart. You will always, or I can. Uh, pull up any time frame, any chart, any market, and I can tell you what the what the RSI is going to be as a reading because I understand the formula. And indicators have very, very basic math. Um, they don't use anything that is really complicated. So you can do that. Uh, you can understand an indicator within a day, and then you can pick up so many cool things about how is the stochastic um, analyzing um, how the market is pushing into a range, how is the momentum analyzed, and then uh, this is going to help you see the charts in a very, very different way. And then you don't need indicators because you know what they are doing. And this is going to be a very big um, step forward. So yeah, start with um, RSI, what I really like, uh, Stochastic and the MACD. Um, you have pretty much all information there. Uh, look at the formulas and really understand what they're doing. And then you will get ideas on how to combine the different um, information that you get to create a meaningful trading strategy. And it's also such a fun journey. Or maybe I'm just being a little bit nerdy. Uh, but it's really, um, that's I really enjoy uh, that type of stuff. Um, yeah. Cool. I think that's a good answer because, uh, yeah, a lot of people or other guests will just say, you know, oh, RSI and Stochastic and MACD. But I think going in a little bit deeper and saying, hey, look, great. You know, these indicators have some value, but look at the formula um, so you understand why they're being drawn the way they're being drawn. And it's going to help you out a lot more. Right, I'm going to head into the quick fire round here. So we're going to fire some questions at you. Um, some of them are, do require a little bit more of a quick fire answer, but you'll work that out along the way. So how long did it take you to go from trading newbie to consistently profitable? Um, from when I started, um, I've been 12, 12 years into Forex. And yeah, after six years, I felt comfortable to quit my job and move to Asia. What's your mental approach to trading, and do you have any special techniques you can share with us? Um, yeah, I um, I use um, off-screen time a lot, and I also so means that I'm not glued to my screen all day long, and also um, the way I start my trading day is very important. 
Um, I need, I found out for myself, and every trade is different, but you have to find out what works for you. Um, I cannot start my trading day even if I haven't done exercise in the morning, be it a run or a gym session, a yoga class. It just helps me clear my mind. And I would never attempt to start my trading day if I haven't done my, um, yeah. And that's very important for me. Cool. What's your favorite entry setup? Um, oh, there are so many nice ones. I like, um, and I always get uh, weird emails for that. I really like head and shoulders. And there's so much more. Don't say, oh, head and shoulders is a retail pattern. There's so much about head and shoulders, um, which, again, if I can just elaborate a bit, um, it's um, don't approach technical analysis from a surface level standpoint where you say, oh, okay, this is moving average crossover, get in, this is a pin bar, okay, I short, uh, head and shoulders, this is a retail pattern, doesn't work. There's so much about head and shoulders. How do the head and the left shoulder differentiate? What does the distance between the head and sh- uh, the, the left shoulder and the head say? What is different when the right shoulder is very deep? What is different when the right shoulder is very close to the top? And those are all the things that you need to ask yourself about different qualities of types of patterns, and then you move away from the surface-level technical analysis approach. Yeah, I was going to actually ask that sort of question and a different question earlier on around how how sort of deep do people need to go when they're actually analysing stuff? And um, I think you answered it there. You need you can't do surface level. You cannot do it. No. It's really, you have to go probably how many levels deep at just pulling a number out of the hat. Yeah, at least you need to ask yourself, okay, um, the market is moving because buyers and sellers interact and trend waves, be it corrective waves or impulsive waves and um, consolidations, how deep is the price moving, also how the wicks form, um, who is in control right now? Is it buyers, is it sellers? Is the, are the powers shifting in a way? Do the, the trend waves shift in length and size and explosiveness? And those are the things that you really... And then you don't need patterns. Um, you don't need head and shoulders and wedges and all that stuff. It's nice that we can label them so we can talk about them easily. But you don't need all those uh, labels. You just can look at a chart and say, okay, the way the highs are forming in such a way, the, the corrective and impulsive waves have um, a specific ratio. And that's also just what indicators do. They just analyze those things and put them in a visual way. And, yeah, that's uh, I can talk about this for hours. but. <laughs> We'll go to your podcast for that one, eh? Um, <laughs> what strategies do you use to exit or manage active trades? Um, I have a fixed target, always, based on previous support and resistance and um, based on previous reaction points. Uh, but I will exit a trade ahead if I see signs that the trade is not valid anymore. I will often, or uh, not often, I will sometimes extend my take profit if I see that the market is really breaking down uh, in a fast way and we have high momentum. What's your recommended trading book? Um, Champion Trader from Marty Schwartz. If there was one thing, yeah. Okay, we'll we'll check that out. Put it in the show notes. Uh, If there was one thing you'd recommend any retail retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be? Why and how could they go about mastering it? Don't focus on your P and L. Pick one setup. And really try to understand it on a very very deep level. Take screenshots from trades based on the setup and take screenshots based on the setups that you did not take um, and then analyze what do they have in common and what is a good setup and what does yeah what are the rules about around a good setup what's your preferred broker and trading platform um, I love tradingview.com I recently just met the guys from tradingview.com I think that nothing comes close to tradingview um, right now they're just absolutely crushing it and so so when you say you met the guys who were the where'd you meet them and um in what capacity um we were Moritz and i were invited to give a talk in krakow poland and for everybody in yeah if you're looking for a very underrated holiday destination that's the place to go it's beautiful amazing <laughs> food nice people in great city and yeah we were at this uh, it's called fx cuffs it's a great um it's the biggest Forex Expo in Eastern Europe, I think. And yeah, Morris and I were giving a talk and then we met the um, trading viewers there as well. And then we just, yeah, they knew us. Um, we did the most viewed video on YouTube about trading view. And yeah, then we just talked about. Ah, right. Okay, cool. So what was your, 
worst ever trade? <laughs> um, I remember it. Oh, it was, oh, I was in university, and I did not have a good strategy back then. It was very, very early on, and I had this idea that I was just looking for on a very short term time frame before I went to a higher time frame that um, I was just looking for morning breakouts and I was looking for a tight morning range. And then I would just put a pending order atop, uh, above and below the range. And I would just wait until it gets triggered. And um, if the market turned around, I would um, double my position and get in into the other direction. And then I would always, always double my position until it worked out. But yeah, then this one day came where I had to double and double and double. And then, yeah, that was my account. The old martingale, eh? That's just never works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? Um, take your time. Um, make sure that you always enjoy the process and especially avoid the noise um, that is in social media. Focus on yourself. Don't compare yourself to other people where somebody else is. And yeah, just be patient and have realistic expectations. Now, the last question of the show here, Rolf, is we'd like you to give us the bones of a full trading strategy, entry setup, stop loss, take profit targets, market timeframes, basically something our listeners can have a play with at home this week. Yeah, so as I said, I really would encourage you head and shoulders or a cup and handle. Both are very, very amazing. They're based on the same principles. Um, People would say, oh, that's a basic retail pattern. But just look at uh, the books from Shabaka back then. He already recognized that head and shoulders is one of the most profitable patterns you can have. And analyze how you can trade a head and shoulders. Look at the different components of a head and shoulders. And then, yeah, just they pop up everywhere across all the time frames. Um, I was just looking at my list of trades that I traded this week. Um, Australian dollar, uh, Japanese yen. Um, there was a very beautiful cup and handle breakout. Um, US dollar, um, Russian ruble, 12 hour cup and handle breakout. So those are the things um, that you, yeah, you will find them time and again. You get plenty of trades per week. So head and shoulders, um, try to analyze how does the neckline break? Um, when do you get a retest? When not? And then stop loss should go always above the neckline, give it a little bit of room that you're not, um, yeah impacted by short-term stop runs don't move a stop to break even very very bad amateur retail mistake i think uh, i see people make again and yeah um if you are new a good way to approach targets is go for 2r um so two times the stop loss and then over time you will figure out um, different target techniques yourself nice yeah the old moving your stop to break even has never worked out for me either Always get stopped out. It's ridiculous. The high percentage of being stopped out at break-even is incredible. Um, right, look, thank you very much for coming on the show, Rolf. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on, getting the pair on from Trade Society. Now, they've both been on the show. Um, yeah, look, I hope you have a great day. Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure. I really had fun. And yeah, Moritz already told me that he really enjoyed his podcast. And yeah, I can see why. Brilliant. Thank you again for having us. Cool. Big thank you to Rolf for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with all the links, are going to be in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Rolf in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, folks, so there you have it. hope you enjoyed that interview. Now, do check out the quotes of from that interview on the tradingnut.com site. If you want one of those 10 spots left for the gold membership and it's going to be gone forever, guys. So if you want them, then jump over to tradingnut.com and you're going to get access to it over there. Until next time, I hope you have a great trading week. Catch you then. Bye.